This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Seven to nine K pulpit. That is where we are at family, and uh, we have been speaking about community and making a difference in the community, and what a big role and fundamental role it is to do so. And on the line, as I have been going on and raving and saying, we have a phenomenal woman. Um, you know, a woman of purpose and a woman that is all about compassion, empathy, and making a true difference in her community. And she goes by the name of Rajan. Uh, Rajan, how are you this afternoon? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing good. to have this conversation with us here at uh, Radio K Pulpit. We really do appreciate your time. Um, Rajan, first things first. Um, you are the owner of a restaurant in um, one of South Africa's most incredible um, <laughs> tourist attractions, which is the VNA Waterfront, um, the Dan Anker Restaurant. Tell us a little bit more about the Dan Anker Restaurant before we get into the work that you're currently doing now. Sure, sure. So I, I have to just correct you there. I'm not the owner, so I manage and run the restaurant, okay. and I have done for the last 25 years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the owner is a Belgian lady. She lives in Belgium, and so we've got quite a tight management team that look after things for her here. Hmm. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, so we're in the waterfront. We've, we've been here for 25 years. We have a really, really strong, um, long-standing team of, of employees that have worked with us over the years. Um, a little place for Belgium in Cape Town. We really try and, and do our best in terms of upholding the, the good quality and good standard of food and service that one can expect in Belgium. And, um, yeah, we have some really lovely traditional Belgian dishes on the menu, and we also have a fantastic range of Belgian beers that um, we import to sell in the restaurant as well. So, yeah, just a, a little little bit of Belgium at the foot of Table Mountain in Cape Town. Fantastic. I love that. You know, it's just, if you can't get there, then go to the Dananka restaurant. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Right. So, yeah. coming to social impact, um, I think you're one that is, um, very, you know, um, passionate about that, you know, making a true difference mm. in community through the resources that you have and, uh, you know, with what you have. Um, why yeah. is social impact uh, fundamental for restaurants like yourself, you know, for a restaurant manager like yourself um, during this time? So I think, look, for me, this is quite a personal thing. Um, and I'm hoping to encourage other people in our situation to, to do something similar. But I've always felt very strongly about giving back to the community. I'm a born and bred Cape Townian. Um, I've lived in South Africa my whole life. We uh, spent a year in Europe many, many years ago, um, a sort of a gap year. And I wouldn't trade living in this country for the world, but I, I also understand what a role we all have to play as South Africans in making sure that we're socially conscious. And um, that's something that always kind of sits really close to my heart. And, and I've, I've always been one of those people that, you know, if you need something, you've got a problem or, or you, you need something done, you can depend on me. Give me a call. I'll always try and find a way. And I think this is just another one of those situations where I've just gone, hang on a second, so we might not be able to operate in our usual, in, in our space, in the way we are used to usually operating, but we have a restaurant with a, a 
kitchen that can feed many, many people daily on a complex or on a simple way. Um, and we have a facility, how can we just let it go to waste, especially when food security was just becoming such an overwhelming issue as lockdown started. So, yeah, I mean, it just it made sense to me. It wasn't even something that I had to think about twice. So I was just like, hang on, I have suppliers. I can lean in on a few people. Um, I'm sure I can get a group of volunteers together. And let's see if we can make this work. And it's, and it's working. Fantastic. I love that a lot. Um, you know, it's really just about taking the action because if you don't do it, then who else is going to do it? Exactly. So, no, sure. mm, so take us through some of the incredible work that you have done. I've seen amazing images and amazing videos on social media about the work that you've yeah. done. So if you could just, um, you know, uh, uh, give us a snippet of those um, just through your words right now. Sure. So, well, when we, when we started this whole little campaign off, it was actually more around making sure that our very close community, being our staff members, um, had something sort of sustainable to go home with in lockdown. So we originally cleared out our fridges and our freezers and we sort of packed up parcels for the guys. And then we started making little food, dehydrated food parcels because we thought, well, you know, that's something you can also just put in the cupboard. Yeah. When the time comes that you really need something, pull it out and it's a nutritious meal, whether it was samp and beans, whether it was rice with stocks mm. and lentils or whatever the case might be. And as lockdown started and obviously our teams moved home and, and sort of left our operating space, we continued packing the food parcels. And um, I chatted with Jessica Dewhurst from the Justice Desk. And although food security is not part of her mandate, I just said to Jessica, if you need anything in any of the projects that you're going to visit, um, please just give me a shot. And I'm happy to sort of pay it forward and give you some of the food parcels, which we did. Um, and that carried on for a little while. And then I saw something on social media. Ladles of Love were being quite active, obviously, in what they were doing in their kitchen at the Hope Street Exchange. And reached out to them and said, look, you know, if we can get it right to possibly cook some meals or help with donations of products or whatever the case might be, you know, would you be open to it? Um, and Liesl and Arno from Janssen Co., they have been immensely involved, very actively involved in that project since lockdown actually started. And so I was connected with Liesl and yeah, we sort of got some permissions from the waterfront, we got some permissions from the city, and we decided to start cooking for Ladles of Love from the restaurant kitchen. Um, and that was quite successful for a couple of days and then Liesl called me up and she said, look, there's a project out in Massey that really needs assistance. Could Would we just deal with them directly? Um, which we did. So that's the Hebron project, and they're responsible for feeding hundreds of people daily in Massey. And um, so it, it just kind of evolved from there. And then Jessica sort of came back to me in the interim and said, hey, we've been asked to do food security. We're going to need someone to pack food parcels and cook for us. And I said, well, hang on a second. Let's, let's just sort of like create a roster sort of space here. We're cooking for the Hebron Project twice a week. And Jessica was like, well, I need people. I, I need food twice a week as well. So we said, okay, well, then let's, just, you know, let's, get a, let's get a program together here. Mm. And um, we were then approached by the Nordhook Can as well as a ward councillor out in West Bank. Wow. Who were also in need. So, yeah, basically what we've done is we've put together the schedule and we're cooking for 2,000 people a day. 
And we've got a really simple, simple, simple recipe in terms of the operation. And, um, yeah, we cook soups or we cook sort of a pasta. And we've got 25 litre buckets and the guys are all managing their own logistics. So we literally say, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock is pickup time. And whichever team is up for the day comes through, grabs their food and delivers it warm to, to people that are waiting for it at lunchtime. So, well, that's essentially how the whole thing got started. And we're now properly into sort of week three of doing this quite formally. And, um, yeah, I mean, it is, it's really going exceptionally well. Wow, fantastic. Congratulations for the work Thanks. that you've done so far. Um, Thanks. It definitely does take, you know, um, one person to almost, you know, implement change and to get the change going. You know, as South Africans, um, we have a tendency of waiting for government to sort things out, you know. Um, mm. We, you know, we even say this during, you know, our 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 dinner dates or um in family conversations that oh well the government mm. has sorted out or whatever and it's a tendency mm. that you have. What are your thoughts around that and what are your thoughts on business on businesses intervening and using the resources that they have to ensure that yeah. a difference is made in people's lives? Okay. So I mean that question to me is quite multifaceted because I think this particular situation is so unprecedented. I, I think government has such a massive responsibility and nobody could have foreseen the gravity of what we're dealing with right now. Mm. And I know there's so many, you know, everybody's got an opinion about where we're at and should we be here and is government making the right decisions or whatever the case will be. And I'm not, that's not really my call to make. Mm. Um, and I know that particularly when we were trying to get permissions to be operating from our restaurant kitchen, we were in level five lockdown and national government was making rulings in terms of who was and was not allowed to operate, but local government was sort of struggling to make sure that food security was being looked after. So that was quite tough within the sort of governmental space because we couldn't actually get like a proper permission to use our kitchen, purely because of the fact that there's a law in place, but there's also a need. Um, but we sort of worked our way through it and around it. And, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a great one of give me a problem and mm. we'll try and find a solution. And... Um, yeah, I, you know, I think that we're living in a country that is highly complex mm. for multiple reasons. Mm. And I think that, you know, the government obviously has a role to play. But I also think that the average South African can't become too complacent because I think that our contribution is just as valuable in a different kind of a way. Mm. So, and I, I would just like to see, um, I think there are a lot of South Africans that are very giving. Um, and I would just like to see more connectivity of the right kinds of people because I do believe that if we yeah. have the right people in the room, there's a lot of fantastic things that are going to take place down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. So the message that we're getting as the public is that we must adapt to a new normal or a new reality, you know, from mm. from government, from our president. Um, mm. What does that look like for you as a business owner? Or business manager? Very stressful. <laughs> um, so, so we have two business. We have two businesses. So we have the restaurant and the waterfront, and then the owner of Denanka and myself have another business. We import and distribute all the Belgian beers that okay. we serve at the restaurant. And so, but obviously, both of these businesses are hospitality related, and so we really are 
looking at a very down-the-line possibility to reopen. It's daunting. It's very frightening. Fortunately, there has been assistance, you know, in terms of the TERS UIF um, offerings up until now. The issue is, though, even if you have a business that is standing still, you still have monthly costs. Yeah, and with no with no income from you know sort of a good into two thirds of the way through March, you know things are now starting to become. I would be lying if I didn't say it's very frightening. I'm I'm still going with the slightly scary, <laughs> but you know I mean my my other thing is is one can't think too far down the line yeah. because that is when it just becomes. Very, 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 very stressful. Um, we don't know what lies ahead. I mean, we don't know whether the Western Cape is going to go back up to level five, whether mm. we're staying at level four, whether it's going to be relaxed completely. Yeah, things change and all the even, time. Mm. Yeah, you know, things are changing all the time, and we've just got to be very dynamic in terms of our way of thinking and our, our possibilities to adapt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, having a restaurant in the waterfront right now, um, two months down the line, three months down the line, six months down the line, it's, it's really hard to say. I'd like to believe that we've got the grit tenacity to stick this whole thing out and to come out the other side and be able to rebuild again. And, you know, I, I mean, I guess if that's where our journey is going to take us, it's exactly where we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. Right now, obviously, that's not a possibility. Um, and so we're focusing on what we can be doing and we can be helping with feeding people that are in need. Um, We are going to start a small sort of take-home offering, but, you know, being in the waterfront, it's also, you know, deliveries are complicated. There's a whole load of things to consider. So we can't just jump into something that's not sustainable. You know, whatever we do, we've got to make sure that it it really is sitting in a space that there's possible continuity. So, I mean, we're making the best of the situation right now, and I think that's the only way I can really describe where we're at as a business. We're communicating constantly with our team, um, making sure that our our staff are looked after at home as well because they're also vulnerable right now. Um, So we've been sending food parcels. Pick and pay in the waterfront have been amazing. We we did a, a food parcel drop last week. Um, We managed to procure goods through Pick and Pay. They packed up fabulous food packs for us. Um, There's a lovely lady by the name of Gonda who's running with that whole operation at Pick and Pay at the Waterfront. And, yeah, you know, it's it's important for us to make sure that we're looking after our nearest and dearest and then obviously allowing that to spill out into larger communities. But, yeah, I think things are extremely uncertain right now. Wow, fantastic. Um, Mm. Just for me, I want to commend you on that heart and, you know, just that empathy of doing the best that you can with what you have, you know, to ensure mm, that thank you. Um, those that are around you are looked after. Um, mm. If anyone wants to be a part of this amazing movement, um, yeah, how, what can they do? How do they get a hold of you so that they can also okay. um, impact in their own way? Sure. So we are really happy to work with anybody who's got donations that, you know, they might have a, a supply chain, that can offer us fruit, vegetables, whatever the case might be. We also have a Butter Buddy page going. I'll actually WhatsApp you the link, and then you could share that if you like. Um, or just make contact with me directly. Um, and, you know, one, one never wants to look any kind of gift horse in the mouth. So, you know, I mean, somebody could be listening in today who goes, oh, hang on a second, I've got a possibility, you know. I may know of somebody who's got 
kids beanies to hand out for argument's sake. I mean, we we found all of our medals from all the the sports events that we've done over the last five or six years, oh, wow. and we sent those into Massey on Friday. And it was so beautiful. The lady who runs the early childhood development space there handed a medal out to all of the small children. And, you know, that was just like, oh, my word, these are our little heroes right now that are just, you know, soldiering on every day. So, you know, there's not, we, we don't, we don't have, yeah, we can't prescribe anything right now. We just do need the support of anybody who has the means or possibility to support us in some other way. Um, and yeah, you know, anything is welcome, literally. Wow. Rajon, thank you so much for this conversation, you know, of just being authentic and being really true to how the situation looks and what you have done with your team to ensure that, you know, there's ongoing impact um, within your region and, you know, the, 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 and, the clo- and um, those close by. So thank you so much, and uh, we just want to bless you from Radio Cape Pulpit 79. Thank you. Um, that, you know, may God give you every resource that you need and may extend your territory, um, you know, for a wider reach as well, and that, you know, it will be sustainable, you know, the, the work of your heart, that it will be even more sustainable than um, you even ever imagined. So thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much. Have a super duper day. Be blessed. Thank you. All Bye. right. Bye. <laughs> this insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.